0: Good evening and welcome to our Bible study as we continue uh, through the book of Job. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Job chapter 13, and we're going to read from verse 20, Job 13 and verse 20. Only grant me these two things, O God, and I will not hide from you. Withdraw your hand far from me, and stop frightening me with your terrors. And summon me, and I will answer. Oh let me speak and you reply how many wrongs and sins have i committed show me my f- offences and my sin why do you hide your face and consider me your enemy will you torment a wind-blown leaf will you chase after dry chaff for you write down bitter things against me and make me inherit the sin- sins of my youth and fasten my feet in shackles you keep close watch on all my paths by putting marks on the soles of my feet. So man wastes away like something rotten, like a garment eaten by moths. Man, born of woman, is a few days and full of trouble. He springs up like a flower and withers away, like a fleeting shadow he doesn't endure. Do you fix your eye on such a one? Will you bring him before you for judgment? Who can bring what is pure from the impure? No one. Man's days are determined. You have decreed the number of his months, and have set limits he cannot exceed. So look away from him, and let him alone, till he has put in his time, like a a hired man. At least there is hope for a tree. It is cut down. It will sprout again and its new shoots will not fail his roots may grow old in the ground but its stump die in the soil yet the scent of water it will bud and put forth shoots like a plant but man dies and is laid low he breathes his last and is no more As water disappears from the sea, or a river bed becomes parched and dry, so man lies down and doesn't rise till the heavens are no more. Men will not awake or be aroused from their sleep. If only you would hide me in the grave and conceal me till your anger has passed. If only you would set me a time and then remember me. If a man dies, will he live again? All the days of my hard service... I will wait for my renewal to come. You will call and I will answer you. You will long for the creature your hands have made. Surely you will count my steps, but not keep track of my sins. My offences will be sealed up in a bag. You will cover over my sin. But as a mountain erodes and crumbles, and as a rock is moved from its place, As water wears away stone and torrents wash away the soil. So you destroy man's hope. You overpower him once for all and he is gone. You change his countenance and send him away. If his sons are honoured, he doesn't know it. If you are brought low, if they are brought low, he doesn't see it feels but the pain of his whole body, and mourns only for himself. Well, God will add his blessing to that reading of his word, just uh, before we come to it, let's pray. Father, we thank you again for this, your word, and we just again ask that you will speak to us through it, that we might hear your voice as we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So we come now to Job chapter 13, verse 20, going through to verse uh, verse 14 through to 22. You see, Job, as he's answering Zophar, he also addresses Eliphaz and Bildad. As he tells them what he's going to do, he's going to speak to God. And he wants them to keep quiet and listen. Now, we read these verses last week at the end of our passage, 13 verse 17 through to 19, as Job speaks. Listen carefully to what I say. Let my words ring in your ears, now that I have prepared my case, I know I will be vindicated. Can anyone bring charges against me? If so, I will be silent and die." What we see here is the accused who is about to enter the courtroom and when he gets there he's going to ask the judge for the list of charges that have been made against him. And if necessary, and this is important, he says if necessary, he's ready to present his case and also to accept the consequences. You see Job will start by making two requests for God, to God. This is Job's prayer. And at the beginning we see something of job's relationship with god because we read in verse 20 of chapter 13 only grant me two things god and then i will hide from i will not hide from you withdraw your hand from me and stop frightening me with your tears then summon me and i will answer or let me speak And you reply to me. So here, in this start of this prayer, Job makes two requests. He says to God, just let me have some respite from my pain and discomfort while we're here, during this time as as we speak together. Just give me some rest. And then secondly, he says, and Speak to me, or let me speak to you, so that you can answer me. You see here, Job treasures and respects the relationship that he has with God. And this is a challenge for us. When we go through difficult times, the challenge is not to let our reaction be to blame God, or to act as though he isn't there. So, you see, Job does neither of these two things. God is there. And and we know from what we've read in this passage that God knows his situation, just as God knows our situation. So we come to the next section, verse 23 through to 28. And here we see the relationship between sin and suffering. Verse 23 How many wrongs and sins have I committed? Show me my offense and my sin. You know, we go back to the very beginning, chapter 1, verse 4 and 5, we see that Job even made provision, not only for his own sin, but also for any possible sins that his children might have committed. We read in that, Chapter 1, verse 4 to 5. His sons used to hold feasts in their homes on their birthday, and they would invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. And when a period of feasting had run its course, Job would make arrangements for them to be purified. Early in the morning, he would sacrifice a burnt offering for each of them, thinking perhaps my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular custom. So we see here that even thinking that perhaps his children might have sinned, he will then make atonement for them. He will offer sacrifice for them. Job doesn't deny that he is a sinner. And he knows that sin brings punishment. He also knows that God has forgiven him. And we know that. Because in God's eyes, Job is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Job asks God, in verse 24, Why do you hide your face and consider me your enemy? So in this verse, Job is saying to God, our relationship has been good, it's been like a father and son. And now you see me as your enemy, and I'm not your enemy. So in verse twenty five, he says, "Will you torment a wind blown leaf? Will you chase after dry shaft?" What he's saying is, "Look, I-, I am already weak and withered. Why do you keep on treating me like this? What is the reason for it? What is the point of it?" it-, it- What are you doing? And then verse 26, he says, For you write down bitter things against me and make me reap the sins of my youth. So Job is saying to God, you must have written down every sin that I have ever committed, right back from being a child, up to this day. And now you're making me pay for all of them. For Job to say this, You know, he must have searched his own heart. He must have called to mind every bad thing or action that he has ever thought throughout his life. What he can't understand is that he knows that, yes, he is a sinner, but he knows that he is a forgiven sinner. Job questions himself while in the presence of God. He's thinking, could there be hidden sins that he doesn't know about? And you know, his friends have already sold the sea. They've already said that they are starting to believe that Job has gained his wealth and his prosperity and his position by dubious means. Dubious means known to him. Now, by his friends thinking this in relation to Job, they're actually bringing God's grace and God's generosity into question. You know, this is just as a suspicious-minded person can undermine the hard work of a businessman by making wrongs, wrong assumptions that he's gained his success by dubious means. You see, it happen. People see the prosperity of a person. They think in their minds, there's no way he could have got there by legal means. I wonder what he's done to gain all that. Well, that's what Job's friends have been thinking about him. Job goes on. He he says to God, You fasten my feet in shackles. You keep close watch on all my paths by putting marks on the soles of my feet. This is what we would call being put in the stocks, to be made a a public spectacle of disgrace. You know, even his friends are accusing him of having a lack of integrity as they see him as being unworthy. And as one who has even suggested that Job's punishment is probably less than he deserves. Well let's go on in, in verse four um, twenty-eight of chapter three, into verse fourteen and up to chapter four, and in this small section here, we say we see the the reality of mortality. Job says, so man wastes away like something rotten, like a garment eaten by moths. Mortals born of woman are few days and full of trouble. They spring up like flowers and wither away like fleeting shadows. They do not endure. Do you fix your eye on them? Will you bring them before you for judgment? Who can bring what is pure from the impure? No one. So in these few words, Job is saying, life is short. It's like garments, they wear out, flowers wither, shadows are only there for a moment and then they're gone. And then he says, we sin. We know that. And we deserve judgment. And then he says, and no one has the power to change this. And Job is right. We come to verse 5 and 6 and here we have a recognition that God is in control. Verse 5 A person's days are determined. You have declared the number of his months and have set limits that he cannot exceed. So look away from him and let him alone till he has put in his time like a hired laborer. Here Job sees that God is in control. He knows that. But he's asking, is there any hope? Is there any hope that God will intervene? What is needed here is God's grace. And then Job goes on in verse 7 through to 12. And he he sees here, as he looks at nature, there is hope for a tree. He says, at least there is hope for a tree. If it's cut down, it'll sprout again, and its new shoots will not fail. Its roots may grow old in the ground, and its stump die in the soil. Yet, at the scent of water, it will bud and put forth shoots like a plant. But a man dies and is laid low. He breathes his last and is no more. As the water of a lake dries up and a riverbed becomes parched and dry so he lies down and doesn't rise till the heavens are no more. People will not awake or be roused from their sleep. Job initially has a glimmer of hope as he sees that when a, a tree has been reduced to a stump but while the roots are still in the ground new life is able to spring forth. And with this thought in mind, we see here that Job has a hope of resurrection. In verse 13, If only you would hide me in the grave and conceal me till the anger has passed, if you would set me a time and then remember me. Now remember Job is speaking to God here, and the phrase, if only is an evidence of a glimmer of hope that Job has. If only, and he's thinking along these lines, if only I could die, be put in the ground, and then when the time is right, God will call me back to new life. And in verse 14 he said, if someone dies, will they live again? All the days of my hard service, I will wait for my renewal to come. So he's saying here, if that which he hoped for was true, if that could happen, he's saying, and if I could have my life renewed, then that hope would carry me through whatever is happening to me in my life now. And then he goes on in his prayer. You will call and I will answer you. You will long for the creature your hands have made. In other words, you will call me. And when I come, I will be that person that you created. But the one that you want me to be, that perfect person. And then he says in verse 16, Surely then you will count my steps, but not keep track of my sin. So he's saying, then I will be free from your judgment. And there will be no more need for you to look for sin in my life. Verse 17, my offenses will be sealed up in a bag. You will cover over my sin. Job is saying, my sins will be covered. You know, this is a tremendous passage of scripture and you can see the reflections in it of of Jesus and of redemption and of resurrection. And it reminds us of the words of Paul when he said in Romans 4 verse 7, Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. That's what Job wants. But then we come to the final verses, verse 18 through to 22, and we title this, Job Returns to His Sorrow. And this is what he says in verse 18. He's looking at the impossibility of the hope that he would like to have. He says, but as a mountain erodes and Crumbles, and as a rock is moved from its place, as water wears away, stones and torrents wash away the soil. So you destroy a person's hope. You overpower them once for all, and they are gone. You change their countenance and send them away. If their children are honoured, they do not know it. If their children are brought low, they do not see it. They feel but the pain of their own bodies and mourn only for themselves you see job is in a terrible situation he's in a terrible place and he's gone back to that terrible place the phrase if only has given job hope but here we have the word but and in this case the word but brings despair he's saying but how can things be reversed fallen rock can't revert back to being a mountain. It's impossible. Just as the waves that dismantle the coastline and erode the coast, and they can't restore back its former state. Job says to God, you don't send them back or undo those things. You don't make the rock go back or the the waves to go back, the damage that has been done or, or restore the changes that have been made that can be brought back to the way things were. How will it be any different for us? We won't be responsible for those who come after us. We won't know anything about them. And, but while we are here, here, while we're here, we have to put up with who we are and what we do. And as we do, We suffer the consequences. Well, let's just stop for a moment. What can we see so far in the conversations that have been going on between Job and his three friends and between, as we've seen this evening, Job and God? We can see that there's agreement between Job and his friends. The problem is that they don't know why this is happening to Job. They all have a relationship with God. They'll see that sin does cause suffering, and though we're well aware of the the limits of them being mortal and the restrictions that they are under, they recognise that God is in control. They see the need for repentance and forgiveness, and also the need for justice and the reality of punishment. And in his prayer, Job, knowing all this, is holding on to his faith. In a forgiving God. This is encouraging. He's looking for the hope that he can have in God. You see, he's still trusting in God. And as he looks towards that hope, he realized the need for renewal. That is resurrection. Renewal that he referred to in verse 24. For that hope to be accomplished, there must be death. And there must be a resurrection. But for mortals, this is impossible. Hope to Job is a hope beyond all hope. And the reality is, we can do nothing to save ourselves. As we draw to a close this evening, it's worthwhile recalling Job's words from a previous uh, in chapter 13, verse 15 and 16. Words that speak of his faith. A faith that is being sifted by Satan. A faith that tells us that rather than cursing God, Job is trusting in God. And he's trusting that God will accept him. And these are the words that he spoke. Verse 15 and 16 of chapter 13. Though he slay me, yet will I hope in him. I will surely defend my ways to his face indeed. This will turn out for my deliverance. So no godless person would dare come before him. You know, that was a brave thing that Job did when he prayed to God in the words of that prayer that we've just looked at. He didn't get an answer, so he's still struggling. But he still trusts God he still believes and he's still looking for that hope. I want to read a few verses from 1 John 1 verse 9. uh, 1 John verse 1 to 9. That which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. You see, this is the disciples this is john speaking about what he knows this is about the resurrection that job said needed to happen in order for sin to be defeated and it happened and in verse 2 of john the life appeared we have seen it and testified to it and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the father and has appeared to us you see they saw the resurrected jesus That hope that Job had is being unfurled here. Verse 3, we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us and our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. So here we have a restored relationship with God because of a death. And because of a resurrection. Verse 5. This is the message we've heard from him and declared to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. Joe is in a very dark place at the moment. But the light will dawn. Verse 6 of John. If you claim to have fellowship with him, you walk in darkness. We lie and do not live out the truth. But... If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. The death that needed to happen so that resurrection or renewal, as Job put it, could happen was achieved when the sacrifices made by Jesus as he defeated sin and death. Verse 8 If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Job never claimed to be without sin. He was truthful. Verse 9 If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Job was forgiven. I pray that we are. Let's just pray. Father, we thank you again for your word. Thank you for this passage of Job. And we pray that in it we might see something of ourselves. But more than that, that we might see you. And that we might put our hope and our trust in you. And we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.